We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Learned so much about shofar blowing. Uh, this lady, when I was recommended uh, to listen to her. I was amazed at her gift of blowing the shofar. So I'm excited for us to be able to glean off of her tonight and to learn about warfare. Come on, we know that uh, the shofar is a part of warfare. So we're going to learn about that tonight as well. So uh, while your husband's coming back, would you mind saying hi to everybody and telling them your name? I will be happy to and get ready to be blown away. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. It just came out. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, yes, my name is Candy Strack-Moselle while we're getting comfortable here. Honey, you can come on down. My husband's been behind the camera, so we could all scrunch together a little bit more. Come on yeah. in. This is my husband, Craig Moselle. And he's the uh, head of the house, prophet of the family. Aww. And he's the quiet prophet, but boy, when he speaks, look out, because he's right on. And, and if the Lord gives you some words tonight for the people out there, honey, you need to share. I'll do that. You, I'd be glad to do that. You might have some visions of something, and somebody out there it's going to touch. So you make sure you... All right, the prophet's in the house, bride. I just want to see Jesus glorified. I want to see Jesus, Lord, over this nation. Yeah. I want to see this, the Holy Ghost siege America. Amen. Yes. Come on. Amen. Well, my name is Candy Strock Moselle, and I'm going to spell Candy because it's K-A-N-D-I. And we have a Facebook address under Candy Strock Moselle, Candy, K-A-N-D-I, Strock is S-T-R-O-C-K hyphen Moselle. I don't know the hyphens there, but it's Moselle. is M-O-E-S-E-L. My husband has a page also, Craig Moselle, on Facebook, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, M-O-E-S-E-L, Craig Moselle. 
And we have a bio in there, and it refers you to our ministry page, which is the King's Inheritance Ministries International. It's under the King's Inheritance or King's Inheritance on Facebook. So if you want to look us up, you can. We have a phone number there. Uh, And if you guys get your pens and pencils out, I'll add that phone number so you do have it. It is a public number for people to call to learn about the shofar and about our ministry. We go around. The Lord has us. Uh, go into churches on Sundays, sometimes all day long, and just blow the shofar to bring breakthrough. And how we get in is only by God, because we go into every culture, every type. We've been in uh, the LGBT churches. God sent us in there. They've opened the door, let us blow the shofar. Um, I mean, we've blown on the property where mosques are in front of Jewish synagogues, and that's another story. We're very involved with the Jewish people now. Yeah. And I teach to Jew and Gentile. I teach around the country, and sometimes God has actually sent us out of the country, um, very much with the Spanish and the black inner city churches. Yeah. We're more loved by them than our own white churches seem to reject wow. me. Yeah, and and my gifts. Isn't that and something? That is, so, but... Uh, well, I just want to say this. Uh, that's very sad. Yes. I is. mean, it really is, because... I don't know why the churches do not understand the shofar. It has nothing to do with uh, anything except the glory of God. Anyways, I just want to tell y'all that I see some comments that are coming up uh, at the end of their broadcast. If y'all wouldn't mind coming back, one of you can sit by me and one sit over there so we can all be on the camera. Uh, They're going to want prayer. Amen. They're asking y'all to pray for them. So, Bride, if you have a prayer request, listen, tonight is your night for victory. Amen. Put your prayer request on here, and we will refer to this at the end of this interview. And then we will spend the time uh, praying for you. Maybe they'll have a word or some type of uh, impartation for you. So go ahead and put your prayer request down. And then if you have questions... For Candy, about the shofar, about the shofar ministry, about shofars in the church and how to control it. I can just hear some of them. How do you control it? Because they'll just want to blow the shofar in the middle of a service or something. I don't know. Uh, But whatever questions. Yes. Yes. So whenever uh, you have a question, just put your question down and uh, you do that. Okay. So let's go back to your ministry. Okay. So. Are we, all right, so what did, what did you say is the name of your ministry? The King's Inheritance Ministries International. And isn't it funny that the name of your ministry, King's Inheritance, has to do with shofar blowing? It, it's like, I know it's there's, part of it. it's like your answer. Oh, it's part of it. Okay. There's a vast. Well, that's what I want us to get into then, because like in your example, the way that God showed you your name, uh, I would like to hear your story of how you got your name and what is the vision for your ministry. It's too long. I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> it is too long, but we'll we'll give you okay. a snapshot. Yeah. And I'll, I'll help my husband, and he'll help me to be a little bit short on art, because there's so much we could tell you. It's so fascinating. I, I Just so many things happen when that shofar is sounded. Uh, years yeah. ago, uh, half my life, I'm 63 on Israel's birthday. My birthday is May 14th. 
1956. Israel's birthday is May 14th, 1948. Wow. <laughs> and, That's awesome. Yeah. And when I first gave my life to the Lord at 16, growing up in a dead church, I had no idea that Jesus was my Savior. I heard about Easter and Christmas. That's all I knew. But I was invited to a Baptist church and heard the gospel for the first time, and I knew it was true. Wow. And that's where I learned the Old Testament, believe it or not, was in that Baptist church. Wow. And um, I, I just thank God, you know, I'm kind of Baptocostal, charismatic, something or other in there. <laughs> and and, right, and recently, <laughs> I've been married to my husband 12 years now. He's, he's got three boys. I, they're, they're mine too, but one of his is in heaven, gave his life to the Lord before he left this earth. Thank you, Aww. Lord. And the other two are a work in progress coming to the Lord. Thank yes, you, Lord. Amen. But they will come in. And, and there are some decrees at the end of this we need to decree over you. Yes. Because there are some decrees that we need to share and decree from Scripture over your life that the Lord has shown us to speak that will literally establish things as a fact in your life. Wow. And this is necessary in the body of Christ. This is one reason the shofar is out there. Uh, the reason, and we can go to that Moses on the mountain is a yeah. good story to know about. But yeah. the king's inheritance, when I lived in the Florida Keys, I was there half my life. My family had a little tiny cottage there, and, and that's another story you'll have to hear about the dolphin story yeah. and the rescue of dolphins in my life. Um, there's so many amazing adventures God has sent me on. And when you hear about my past, I come from this little hole in the wall, 300 and some people town that... I would never have thought I'd left that town in my and entire now life. And you're international. That's amazing. Well, that's only God. God yeah, it's amazing what God does with people. And you know, he uses the foolish things to confound yeah. the wise. Here we go, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was sitting in the Florida Keys, and I was seeking the Lord and praying, and, and uh, I'm one of those... I grew up kind of in the country, not afraid of anything, pick up snakes, play with spiders. You know, I was a tomboy. Yeah, yeah. In athletic and climbing trees and falling out of them. And, you know, I guess God knocked some sense into me finally on one of those falls. But um, I literally just never thought I would get to the Florida Keys. And one day I had the opportunity to go. And I went. And you got to hear this dolphin story, but I won't tell you today. So you yeah. better better find out. Well, Anyways, while I was in the Florida Keys, all these adventures that were awesome happening to me, I felt one day, Lord, you know, there's 517 sunken ships in Florida. Wow. That have treasure on them. And <laughs> I was living in Florida at the time I started thinking about this, but I ended up in the Florida Keys somewhere in there. And I said, Lord, this... Is for your me? body of Christ. This yeah. is for us to fund your ministry. And I said, why not me? Well, I have nothing at this point. If people look at my life, they'll go, not her. <laughs> but I have big dreams. And you have to believe God. You have to believe him for impossible things. Yes. It's him. Just get in a deep relationship, in a close relationship. Just love on him. Praise him. Thank him. He's shown me I got to do more and more of that all the time. He wants to take us deeper all the time. But I'm telling you what, when you get in the deep things of him, he takes you into deep things in the world. Yeah. And he has things buried. He has hidden things, hidden treasures and secret places he wants yeah. us to find. You know, you hear about these angels that drop jewels and gold rings and things. 
I know because one dropped in front of me and my girlfriend. So I've seen these things happen where God drops his little gifts to us, but it's to help the kingdom. The purposes of the kingdom seek him first and his kingdom. Seek his kingdom first. And then he adds the desires of your heart. And I always ask for his desires, of course, and hopefully you are too. But yeah. I'm telling you, this one of the things I said was, Lord, what's the true treasures? What's the true treasures yeah. to find in this earth? It's souls. It's souls. Yeah. And that's the inheritance of the king is the souls. And he gave me this name, the king's inheritance. And then I thought, my goodness, there's all these treasures around me. The souls are the true treasures. Why not, Lord? So I've been praying that the body of Christ is going to find hidden things in the ground. But you got to be quiet. You got to be careful who you tell when you find it. Not. I haven't found anything, so don't come after me. But I'm praying for that, for people to do that, to find things that are of value. And to the point you should believe God to add 10000 to your bank account. Supernatural suddenlies are coming. Things fall from the air. We saw something fall from the air one day. And after we passed it, and I wanted to stop and pick it up, it was on flames. And I said, that's a meteorite. That's a meteorite. It's far from the sky. Do you know that some meteorites are worth millions and millions of dollars? And I wanted so much to stop for it, but we were in a hurry to get to a place by a certain (laughs) time going across the country. Uh And and I was afraid to ask my husband to stop because I'm into the earth. You know, I'm a tree climber, rock looker at her and bird watcher and things. And I just thought, I'm not going to ask him. But he saw it. I saw it. We got pictures of it as it went to the ground. We went by it several miles. And Craig goes, do you think we should have stopped and gone back there? (laughs) Well, we didn't. But the Lord said, I did have that as a treasure for you. You need to listen to me because I wanted you to go find that. And he spoke to us and said, we missed it, but he can do it again. And so I believe that all of us, I won't pass it next time. But you guys, there, there are things he wants to show you that are supernatural. He wants to do them in your life. And you're going to see such exciting things coming forth. And in the midst of trials, I mean, some of you are getting dreams and visions of many horrific things coming on this earth. I get them. But we're not to fear as believers. We're going to be the ones helping them. We're going to be calling forth the dead. You see somebody in an accident next to you, you call them forth. You call them forth. You know, I can't say I've raised anybody from the dead, but I've raised a few on the edge with the Lord, of course. You know, sounding the shofar or praying over them. I'm also a wildland firefighter. emergency vehicle operation training and hazardous material and first responder. But I was doing that in the Florida Keys. But I can tell you, he called me to that because he wants all of us to rescue people that are going to the flames. He wants to pull them out of the flames. And he's going to use each one of us in a certain way. Do you know every single person on this earth that loves him or that is seeking him and wanting him has been called to different anointings? Every person who sounds the shofar has a different anointing and brings different things when they come and blow the shofar. That's why in this ministry, Not Divided USA. learning so much. These people need to come together. You know, we might all have healing gifts, but the touch from Dr. June is different than the touch from the Not Divided USA, Ellen and Steve. It's different than my husband's and my touch. Each of us has something we bring when we pray for people and touch them, whether we still have the healing anointing. So understand there is there is so much God wants to do through us, but he also wants us to be expecting impossible things. Do not limit God. 
You know, one day, my grandmother used to go out on the desert with my grandfather when I was a little kid. And they used to go out in the desert out west, and they used to look for pretty rocks. And they'd make jewelry out of them. And my grandmother used to go in old gold mines. Of course, they were old. It was picked over. She didn't have all the expensive equipment. But she used to go in those old gold mines. And I said to the Lord, the day I started thinking about treasures and finding them for the sake of the kingdom, I said, Lord, I want to go in one of those old gold mines, and you're going to help me to... I decreed it, (laughs) not knowing this is what I did. I decreed it. I said, I'm going to find gold in those places in Colorado where she was or in these old mines or whatever. And it's so funny because this one morning I said, Lord, you know, I have faith to believe that. I have faith to believe. Now, you have to understand I come from a very impoverished impoverished family. Uh, I didn't know we were poor when we were little because we had so much love in our family. I felt rich. I was from a blended family of 14 kids and uh, a lot of kids in just a very small home. And I can tell you that the love just made me feel like I had everything. And I'm so grateful for that upbringing. So grateful. But I have to tell you, we had nothing materially. I had enough food to eat on my table, thankfully. Some of my friends did not. But I can tell you that... um, well, it, there's so much I could tell you. <laughs> I'll get back to the, the anointing. But God wants us to believe for impossible things. You know, people look at our lives, and they wouldn't say we have much, but we have a lot more than a lot of people. Yeah. I think of my pastor friends in Nigeria and Kenya, you know, living in mud huts and needing fresh water, the rivers they go to, alligator-infested and eating people every day, you know, I mean, it's just, I think yeah. we just have no idea what to be grateful for here, no yeah, matter how poor I grew up. Amen. So coming from that mentality of not knowing I was poor until I was a young adult, realizing, wow, our family really didn't have much, I started to come from not having much, and I was injured. I had spinal injuries many, many times in my life, not understanding the attack of the evil one. I'm still in a healing process. I've mm. blown the shofar and gotten you know, I'm getting a progressive healing. Sometimes we see instant things. Sometimes it's progressive. But I can tell you, um, as I um, have gone through life and God is working out the kinks and healing me, how he's healed me of a lot of the wounds of my heart, he still has stuff he does to us till the day we leave this earth. But I'm telling you, um, there, there is so much to believe God for, but don't stop believing and don't limit him. Don't put him in a box. So here I am standing, believing that I'm going to find gold someday Yeah. in one of those old gold mines, you know. And I've expanded my belief system since that day many, many years ago. Yeah. But that morning I said, okay, Lord, you know I'm standing, believing to find it. I was in Florida. And I, I went to a pastor. Maybe some of you have heard of him out of um, Claremont, Florida, I think is where his ministry, um, uh, John uh, well, I can't remember his name offhand, but this pastor, John D'Alessio, John D'Alessio, I went and had my first word I ever understood as a word from the Lord from this man that just blew me away. Aww. And he said, before I ever knew I was ever going to sound the shofar, one of the things he prophesied over me was, you're going to shout and they're going to come out. And I didn't know wow, the shofar was going to be my shout. Okay. Yeah. So. I go into church the morning. I say, okay, Lord, I know I'm going to find gold for you because I want to fund the kingdom. I want to see souls come into the kingdom. I want to fund ministries that are really, truly serving you, that need 
that funding behind them to do the work without limits because so many things are blocking us at every side. Yeah. I didn't even understand deliverance and all that at that time, but I just stood and believed it. And that morning I went to this man's service, and in the service he says, he stops his sermon in the middle of the service. He goes, you people, you put God in a box. You limit him too much. Take him out of this box. He says, you know, you could pray and ask God to find gold in a gold mine, and you'll do it. <laughs> well, okay. That's so, awesome, the confirmation of So it. I knew that, that day <laughs> he was talking to me. So, and, and I, I, I could tell you so much just about being in his services. If you ever get a chance to go to the northern Orlando, Florida area, go to John DeLacio's meeting. Well, anyways, so here I am in the Florida Keys now. I uh, had a chance to train the dolphins and work with them that I had Aww. seen in slides as a little child that were world famous in the Florida yeah. Keys. Amazing another God story of what took place with that. Later yeah. had a chance to rescue. Asked God, Lord, would you please send dolphins to my canal in the Florida Keys in the little <laughs> hut that I lived that in? And, and because I had no credibility, I'd been a snowbird and I wanted to move down there permanently and I wanted to work with the kids and coach the kids and the prom kids in the community. And so I was just believing God for unbelievable things. I was on disability, getting $45 a week, had spinal injuries and joint injuries from an accident that was wow. not my fault. There was no insurance to be, re, to be retrieved from that injury wow. accident. And so I just had to believe God. He directed my every step. I'm telling you, he took care of me. People wow. invited me over Thank for food, you, not even knowing I needed a meal. And just every need was taken care of. And I didn't even have a place to live at one point. Didn't know it until I got there. Thought I had a place to live. And I ended up not having. Had to stay in my little truck and this family at church that Sunday said, so where are you staying? Offered me the whole upper part of their home in Key West, Florida, in this wealthy home. Yeah. I mean, God takes care of you. He does. He takes care of you. Just trust him. Just surrender to him. Let him yeah. do it. So it's, it's, there's so much to all this. There is, but I want you to talk to us about how you got your name. I mean, I know. The King's Inheritance. Yeah, I know you got that, but how did. What is the vision of it? The king's inheritance to me is to take, uh, and I got that name before my husband came into the picture 12 years ago. Okay. Um, but it's basically everything I saw, everything where my heart hurt, whether it was a little kid in a commercial in Africa starving to death, whether it was a homeless man on the street that I passed on my, in my car, whether it was a single mom with her kids that was in the grocery store and had to put food back because she didn't have enough to pay for it. Uh, just you cannot imagine how many avenues I was looking at going, I want to help them. I want to I adopt kids that didn't have parents. Yeah. I wanted to take care of the elderly widowed neighbors uh, that I had nothing to help these people with, but this was my heart's desire. When I was young, I was going out on the street, not even thinking about the danger, going out in the woods and the keys even as a young lady, young adult, literally ministering to the homeless men. Yeah. And, and they just loved it when I would come, and I would just love on them, and I would just say, you know, God loves you, and I would bring a little food. I didn't have much. I'd bring a little if I had it or whatever. But what I saw was the king's inheritance was encompassing everything about every soul on this earth that we need to help those who do know the Lord, but we need to help those who don't even more in ways of showing it in our life by our love through blessing their needs, 
showing the love of our heart by hugging them if they need a hug, getting clean clothes for them. I've got to say something. Please. This is what I'm feeling because this is what I do for a living. We talked about this. Uh, is I help ministries and businesses uh, to understand the vision that God give them. So I hear what God give them, then I help them make it happen, like websites, graphic design, or slogans, or what you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing you say, okay, when you say king's inheritance, and then I hear you talk about your heart of seeing all the hurting, you, you're seeing the lack mm-hmm. of people not knowing what their inheritance is. So what you're doing is you're giving them a visual representation of it. If you will try, like you're seeing the homeless people, if you trust the Lord, he is a provider. This is your inheritance, you know, so you're, you're helping them in their lack to understand the inheritance having to do. I mean, is this powerful? I mean, I know she probably has so many stories a mile long you could go telling us of how you've done that over the years, but for sake of time. But that's the the main yes. of this ministry is that we're trying to touch everything we can. Right, that's what I mean. Well, and yeah, and it's all under his inheritance. Yes. He will in a moment. I'll let, her, I'll let him share a couple of little things too. About yes, that. I want to ask you, moving on to uh, when it started, the 12 years ago up till now, how what has God done to progress this? Because Bride, you don't know this, but this woman, uh, when I was sitting, when I was sitting here with Ellen and him, I was like, uh, it just clicked. You're with Candy. I was like, this is the Candy Bride. You would have to know because when she blow, I've never in my lifetime heard somebody blow the shofar like this woman does. And just, uh, you can sit and listen to it and just be delivered. But, I mean, you're saying that it's so much more than that. So what happened over the 12 years to bring you all the way here to Washington? Well, I'll tell you, I did not choose to blow the shofar. Wow. I, I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And for two years, it wouldn't leave me alone that I was to blow the trumpet of the Bible. And I didn't know what it was. And I started looking up the scriptures, learned the different things it was blown for, but I I didn't really understand it. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was called, the shofar, but it wouldn't leave me alone. And this is a very long story. So I went as a child, blew the trombone and wore braces for 10 years. They took them off two weeks before I graduated. I had to turn to another instrument to graduate, but I could no longer blow the trombone, not a trumpet, not anything with a mouthpiece like that, um, it had forced a deform- deformation of my mouth. Yeah. And so uh, here I am years and years later, and I'm having this urge, and I'm visiting a couple churches in the Keys trying to find a home church, and the Lord directed me to this one. And that day, I'd several times gone, they asked me to blow a shofar and handed me this little ram's horn trumpet and said, will you open our service with the shofar, I had no idea. I'd never told a soul. Had no idea yeah. how to blow this thing. They had their own worship team. Why didn't they ask them? You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know, but I knew I was to blow it. Yeah. And so, in obedience, I went to the beginning of the service. They handed me this little shofar. I went outside just to see if I could toot it because I remembered yeah. about the braces. It blew. So I went in, 
I blew a couple of notes as they asked me, and the presence of God came so strong through his voice, his breath in this horn, that people just started ooing and aahing, praising the Lord in his presence. And I was like, what is this, Lord? Everybody was coming under the... I didn't even know the Holy Spirit to that degree yet, yeah. you know, and and uh, I didn't understand it all. Well, uh, a few weeks later, I go to this other church that God was showing me to go to, and they walk up to me and they say, will you open our service blowing the shofar? And I'm thinking, I still have never told anybody about this in me, and they have their own worship team. I blew it again. The same thing happened. By the time a third meeting asked me to sound the shofar and this happened again i knew i was to sound the shofar so then i said well lord i've just looked them up on the internet and they're about 350 dollars and you know me i have 45 a month on welfare because of injuries to my spine you're gonna either have to come through with the money of the horn long story he sent two guys to a picnic a few months later who were from texas and Upper Florida, and I'm in Key West, yeah. and my car breaks down that day, and the church I was starting to go to, God said, go to the first one with your friends. So they took me to the first one. They had a picnic afterwards. My friends weren't going to the picnic. Then they decided to go. We went to the picnic. Here's two guys, one with a huge shofar, the big kudu Yemenite, and the other with the smaller, would you get the ram's horn there, honey, with the smaller ram's horn, like would have been the type that was blown at Jericho with wow. Joshua. And so I ran up to him and I said, what do you have these horns for? And they said, why do you ask? So I told them the story and they said, here, here, blow our horns for us. And I said, no, 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 I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And and they said, blow our horns for us. Well, after a little arguing, I said, okay, I'll do it. I, I took their horns, blew them out, didn't know what I was doing. And after I got done, I found out they're both Jewish believers and they had been in synagogues, in messianic services, church services where they blew the shofar. And they yeah. said, we have never heard the shofar blown like that. I said, I don't even know what I'm doing. So shortly thereafter, we had exchanged numbers. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, um, they showed up with two shofars and told me, take my pick. And I knew which one was mine, but I played the other one just to find out. And that one was black and it was beautiful and had five notes and it gave me a headache, but I knew it wasn't mine. So I blew the other one, which had an ivory tip. And the Lord had just told me that I was not guilty by the blood of the lamb because I felt so much guilt yeah. for what had happened to me in my childhood, being molested and violated yeah. and things. And, and he said, not guilty. And when I saw the white tip on the end of the horn of that horn, I knew he was picking that horn for me. And the note that was in my head was in that horn and not the other. So I knew it was my horn. That's where the shofar ministry started for me. And he just had me blow it anywhere, whatever. And people would fall under the spirit sometimes. I blew over this one lady at a um, the Benny Hinn crusade. I was working ushering for his crusades at one time, and that's where We've I was. We've all been to Benny Hinn. <laughs> I was learning about the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life. Yeah, and and I ended up sounding the shofar. Uh, the whole crowd gathered because they were full, and I made a choice to stay outside instead of going in and ushering. Yeah. And I stayed outside with my shofar and just started sounding the shofar over people. Wow. 
And people were getting touched. And this one lady came up, running up to us, speaking in Spanish. I didn't understand. She's yeah. speaking. And I said, somebody tell me what she's saying. And they were saying uh, she was just diagnosed with kidney disease. She's on kidney dialysis, this, that, and the other thing. And her husband and her marriage is falling apart and this, that, and that. So I said, well, tell her I'll blow the shofar over her. Because I really didn't even know what I was doing yet. Seriously, didn't yeah. know what I was doing yet. And so she stood over there. They all stood around her. I blew the shofar. And she hit the ground. For 10 minutes, she hit the ground. And after 10 minutes, she came up, and she was a totally different person. And I said, tell me what she's saying. And they said she knew she got healed. She felt it in her body, and she knew her marriage was going to be okay, and she was just praising the Lord. And we were just amazed. And God's just Aww. doing that. And that's this is where that shofar part of the yeah. ministry started, though. Yeah. I am a musician, and God gives me music every day. When I sit down to the keyboard, what? he gives me songs every day. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, did goodness, did any of you go to the send? Did any of you go to the send? If you went to the send this year in Orlando, they called Sean Bolts called out three people in the audience. Yeah. Well, he called out a candy, and that was me. And wow. he prophesied over me, and he said, "This is the year for the music." So I know God's gonna use that music because I've seen people cry wow. when when I play, and when you hear the not divided music, you're going to say the same thing. When they have their instruments behind their voices, oh my goodness, you guys will just be under the presence of the wow. Lord. Maybe one day we can all put our music on this for you. But um, I, I just want to say we got to tell my husband. He's got to have a few words. Do you have a, any words yet, honey? Has God given you anything? I was kind of amazed when I first met Candy. I thought, you know, here's this shofar toting preacher wherever she goes she has a horn we travel on a plane there's a horn in the overhead bin wherever we go there's a horn and i and i tell people she never behaves wherever i go she's always tooting her own horn but i i started seeing miracles like people with stage four brain cancer and she talks them into allowing them to be ministered to, and she sounds a low note with the shofar into the back of their head, and they go back to the neurosurgeon, and there's no cancer. Documented miracles. And and I mean a young lady that was in a lesbian relationship. I didn't know that when I blew the shofar. She didn't know it, but she went back later, and a young lady had confessed that she had left the lesbian relationship and was now living straight and was on fire for Jesus. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> tell, about the, tell about the Jewish lady when we went to that conference and she was on a walker, young lady. Yeah, a young lady. We went to like a joint Jewish Christian event and this lady was on a walker and uh, Candy sounded the shofar into her off the property. They were Orthodox. We yeah, had to go off Orthodox. the property. They would not allow her to sound the shofar. On the not property. as a woman. So oh, we, wow. we went off somewhere and she sounded the shofar into her body. The young lady ended up getting healed, delivered from the walker. And then the following week, she called up Candy and said, can you tell me what I have to do to get right with this Jesus? I want I want Jesus in my life. She was basically asking for salvation. And then her son got saved. So it was like a ripple effect. I'm just amazed at the things I see. So you didn't know what you was marrying, did you? Oh, but I didn't know what I was marrying either with with a gift that a humble heart and, and not divided will tell you the same thing. He has a very humble heart. 
about his gift, but boy, God gives him details. And if you heard Sean Boltz over the people there, my husband gets gifts, his gift gives details like this. And so we're going to believe for words for people. And there are so many things. Please. I see some of you are already writing some of your prayer requests. Listen. We have a prophet here. We have a shofar healer here. We have two people that can speak into your life. All these people are going to be praying. So y'all need to put it in there, what your prayer request is, and we're going to have them pray. Uh, I may even have you call in. I can have you call in and ask for prayer. Yes. Go ahead. The, The greatest miracle, well, obviously the greatest miracle is a miracle that affects you personally. And in 2012, at the age of 62, I finally decided to do something about my high blood pressure. But at that point, like six decades of, well, not six decades, I guess it probably starts in your 30s or whatever. But I had high blood pressure like uh, 178 over 138 around that range, and it had taken a toll on on my heart. And I had numerous issues. So I went to a cardiologist, and he just happened to be a spirit-filled Christian that operates in the gift of miracles. In fact, uh, uh, there's even been a resurrection (laughs) from the dead under his ministry. Yeah, yeah, there's been two, actually. Went all over the country and world. and renowned, and he is in... uh, Who's that evangelist? Dr. Chauncey Crandall in West Palm Beach, Florida. cardiologist. So I started going to him in 2012, and he told me I had left ventricular hypoapathy, which is like a thickening of the left ventricular yeah, muscle. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is if this muscle keeps thickening because of the high blood pressure, it gets to a point of where it stops, where the heart stops pumping. It just yeah. shuts down. Yeah. And it kills so, you. So he would pray for yeah. me, and he put me on a medication to help with it. And for like a year and a half, I would go out walking at night, and I would yeah. pray. And he gave me another echocardiogram, and he said, you're healed. Amen. The, the left ventricular hypopathy was healed. Yeah. Now, we've been blowing the shofar day. over yeah. him, too. I had, never had a, I had never had a normal EKG. It was now normal. Yeah. And then, but then there was another problem. There was... Uh, aneurysm at the root of my aortic valve wow and uh and what's usually the diagnosis for that well usually they're stabilized or they continue to grow and you die and and if it bursts you have about four minutes left if it ruptures or if it dissects the survival rate is very low like less than five percent so like Candy was blowing a shofar like all the time into my chest. And uh, I had a CAT scan on June 12th, to make a long story this short. Year. And I was basically going in. I have a history of having an aortic root yeah, aneurysm. Yeah. And uh, the report came back, no evidence of aneurysm or wow. dissection. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. I'm and, telling you. Doctors, doctors say that they do not shrink. It's impossible. They never oh, see it. Wow. Mine I shrunk. But the problem with doctors is that your secular doctors leave God out of the equation. Yes, come on. With God, all things are possible. Yes, so. And yes. one of the things about the shofar is that when you pray, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, the prayers of the righteous are effective in the eyes of the Lord. But when you sound the shofar and pray, or when you uh, blow the shofar, sound that shofar over your prayers, and then make your decrees afterward, it pushes you into the open heavens that have just been opened for you. It pushes those prayers in. It it almost seals them for a quick delivery. Yes. And that's one of the reasons people don't understand the importance of this shofar. Well, I was going to ask, okay, when you said that about the breath of God, using your breath and coming out the breath of God, I am getting more revelation all the time about why we need to be positive and speak positive and why we need to partner with his word. Uh, y'all know the struggle I'm in right now, this warfare I'm in. And this morning I went to his word and I looked up provision and I was declaring, provision? yes, okay. out of my mouth. And I was saying, you know, your word says, and I'm speaking it. So I want you to explain to us how that, uh, correlates from that, like speaking, cause we know that in heaven, that the prayers of the saints are gathered in bowls and they're placed before the throne. And so that means that your breath, you know, is is gathered or something. What am I picking up on here? Your your God of course is capturing every tear, every prayer yes. that you pray. When the shofar was first sounded, Moses was on Mount Sinai, okay? He heard the sounds of thunderings and lightnings. And then the sound of a trumpet grew louder and louder. What happened right after that when you read that scripture? What happened was God brought revelation. He brought his Ten Commandments, the word of God and the law of God. Tell her what happens to me when you blow the shofar. You tell her. Okay, when candy's when candy sounds the shofar in the same pattern as Exodus sixteen, where the trumpet grew louder and louder, then the revelation of God comes. Yeah. Like words of knowledge start coming to me, and the prophetic is activated. It's the same principle today. It yeah, works just as that. well. If you look up trumpet or horn in the scriptures, you will see. A hundred different ways it was used. It's a good thing to look it up. But every church, every family should have a shofar. What? And be sounding it over your family situations because, and then decreeing. God showed us that when we sound this instrument of his voice, his breath, his word, it's even called the living Yeshua. That it's the Lord himself in the sounds of the trumpet. When you do this, when you sound this, you're literally opening that heavens over the situation. And then as you decree and declare the scripture and your established spoken words of life, those things are forced to come forth. It's like God pushes it. And I'll just give you an example. We had, we were invited to a prayer breakfast in uh, Palm Beach County, Florida, big county. This is the biggest county where Jews vote against the, 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 you know, they're Democrats. And uh, we were at this prayer breakfast. There were some congressmen there, uh, different people. We've been to several of these meetings. And after it was over, this gentleman walks out, and I feel like I'm supposed to blow the shofar over. So I stop him, and I say, hey, hey, and he, he goes, like this, he didn't speak English. So he yeah. gets, gets his interpreter and comes over, and I said, I feel I'm to sound the shofar over you. I'm not sure why, but I, I, if you'll allow me to, I would like to sound the shofar. And there is a proper etiquette, and we'll try to get to that. Yeah. Um, 
But um, so I, I asked his permission if I could do that. He said yes. And so I sound the shofar, different sounds, some that I know the meaning of, some I don't know the meaning of, and, and I can teach on that as well. And we, we go around the country and we teach for free. We don't ask for anything. Wow. We ask the Lord to make a way. Sometimes that church says, hey, we want to supply your need, yeah, you know, yeah. to get you here. Yeah. Other times, it, you know, we just have to trust God that if he wants us to go, he'll say yes, yes. and we'll let them know when he says yes. And then he makes a way somehow yeah. and we go. Yeah. And uh, we believe, and, and this isn't for every ministry, but I feel nobody has anything on me if I don't ask for a penny in my ministry. They can't come back and say, you did that with the wrong motive to try to get money from people. Mm-hmm. And I feel this is what God's shown me for my particular ministry. Yeah. So uh, so we're, we're sounding over this guy, and as soon as I get done sounding, we both, never said this before, yeah. simultaneously said, do you remember what we said? We said... The mantle of anointing on your life is going to increase greatly this day in the name of Yeshua Jesus. Both of us said it at the same time. I'd never said that before. I didn't even really know what it meant, hardly, you know, Um, in, in fullness anyways. Well, so we get done praying for him. He leaves. Two weeks later, we get a call from the interpreter, and she goes, this guy has Spanish pastors from all over the, you know, North American continents, and um, he's gathering together. They've gone through his school of ministry. They're graduating. He wants you at the graduating class. Well, we had another thing we had to do, but we could come after if they were still there. And they said, just come. So we came for that. They called us back the next day even. We, we come to this, and we minister to all these people, finding out that these are all pastors who were literally being tormented by their governments, tortured, thrown in jail, things like that. Um, Yeah, and he was actually, they were very discouraged, you know, and so he was just kind of helping them up and, um, you know, just blessing them. And and so we ended up ministering to them. The next day they called us back. We came late. They were all getting ready to go off in their planes. And um, anyways, the reason he called us to come minister is because during that time of that two weeks, he was in one of those countries. He was in Honduras. And he had not taken his prayer team with him. He was by himself before a stadium of tens of thousands. Wow. And I think it was like over 20,000 people. Yeah. Wow. And so he, he's, his interpreter is saying what happened was he was preaching. While he was preaching, this has never happened in his ministry. All of a sudden, people, like two-thirds, or I forget, it was a huge amount of the stadium, went down under the Spirit, sitting in their seats while he's preaching. He hadn't even started to minister to people. And then he said there were about 50 people that started manifesting demonic presences. And, wow. and, and he said with a word, he was able to cancel the demons. Literally, they were delivered from the demons. Miracles took place. He had never seen that in his ministry wow. up to that point. And so that's why he wanted us to come and minister. So we were very grateful he wanted us to do that. The next day we come back as they're flying off to get to their planes. We had to hurry and we wanted to do a little more ministry. Yeah. And and um, I just felt like I was to tell them, open up your hands, Dr. June. I felt like I was to tell them that God 
was going to put his wealth, his gold, his silver, his jewels, and whatever they needed for their ministries in their hands. And I just went, and I said, everybody, open up your hands. And so I started going down the line. I started with one of his professors first. I go to the next person. By the time I get to the third, I start hearing screaming behind me. But they were in a hurry to get to their plane. So I'm trying to get everybody in the room and doing this. Thank you, Lord, that you are bringing your wealth of the kingdom into their hands for the purposes to bring souls first and for your kingdom purposes. And I'm just doing this down the line. Everybody's starting to scream behind me. I finally get to the last person. I turn around. I go, what's going on? And they're all showing me. There's gold dust all over their hands. So, so bright. It was not sweat glittering. It was gold dust glittering. And it was just a sign God was giving us that had never happened to me before. Hasn't really happened (laughs) since, but a few times. But uh, I'm just telling you that expect God to do things and decree those things. And that's what you do in the shofar. And, of course, we go we we go into these churches on Sundays and other days of the week. And we just stand in the back with I look pretty unusual with my shofar in tow and my talus or to lead on. And, of course, in American church churches, they don't understand that. I have, by the way, since found out that I. Uh, as I was praying, I felt the Lord was showing me I have Israelite bloodline, and my husband gave me a DNA test to find out, and sure enough, I am. Wow. So I get to come to the Jews at a different angle, showing them that yes. I had to look at both sides of the picture, yeah. and it's been a witness. There there was one guy in one church. He had gangrene in his feet, and he yeah. had undergone three surgeries to get the gangrene out of, out of his feet. And... After the third surgery, they discovered the gangrene had moved into his ankle bone, so he was scheduled for amputation, and Candy happened to be in that church that day. But may I share why? Okay, okay. And then you can finish. Yeah, okay. The reason I was in that church was six years earlier, this guy was my grocer at the store. He was putting the produce, and he was always very discouraged and depressed looking. And I would always go over and cheer him up. That's I've been that way since I was a little kid. And I went over, and I would always give him a hug and say, hi, how's your family, and all this, that. And he would just be really discouraged, and, but he'd say hi, and they're okay, and that type of thing. Well, six years of this went on, and I'm still encouraging him every time I go to the grocery store. But I noticed for about a year I hadn't seen him. And... I thought, well, you know, the keys, people are transient. They move away all the time. I didn't think about it. And then one day I'm driving around from my house, and I see him walking down the street, bone thin, gaunt. And he turns. I pull my car right in front of him because I wanted to encourage him. And I pull my car and stop him right in the road, and I see this huge scar down his face. It's almost like there were no muscles there. It was just the teeth were showing, but it was under the skin. You know, the imprint of his face was all bone on one side and this huge scar. And I said, I I called him out by name, and I said, what happened to you? Do you have cancer? And he goes, yes, next week they're going to do a surgery, and they're going to remove my tongue and part of my throat. I said, no. I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yes. And I said, I believe Jesus is going to give you a miracle, and I'm going to believe and stand that you're going to be healed. And and, wow. and that's all I said to him. You know, I prayed yeah. for him. I'm not even sure if I blew my shofar that day, but I prayed for him. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Lord just wanted me to do this, and I, I laid hands on him, prayed for him, and then he kept walking down the street, and I went on my way, and I didn't see him for a long time. And I ended up um, 
getting invited to this church service the day my dad went in the hospital, almost died. And he was in the hospital. He was okay, so stable. So I went over to this service that I had been invited to blow the shofar, figuring God was going to take care of the whole situation for me while my sisters were trying to fly in and my brother and all. And I go into this church service to minister in a Seventh-day Adventist church. And my I have and and I'm sitting there after the service they invited me to this dinner and um, you know I didn't know if that guy lived or died and I ended up I this guy sits down next to me while I'm sitting there eating trying because the pastor wants to get everybody moving because it's Christmas Day that year and so he wants to get everybody going get out the service so this guy sits down next to me, and I just happen to look over to see who it is. And it is the guy that I prayed for who had cancer, who was going to have his tongue and his throat removed. And he looked so good. His face had filled out to some degree. The scar was still there. He was now plump and not skinny. You know, he was filled out nice. And I said, what happened to you? He said, you prayed for me. He said, I was instantly healed. And wow. now he tells us the story about the gangrene in his foot. And so he yeah, had the he three had, surgeries. He had had three surgeries. At the third surgery, they discovered the gangrene had moved into the ankle bone. So the only solution was to amputate his foot. Wow. And so Candy sounds the shofar. No, I told him, I said, oh, no. And, and I yeah. said, and the pastor's trying to get us out of the church because he wants to spend time on Christmas Day with his family. Yeah. And I said, here, let me... Now, I didn't know that he had gangrene in his foot. Yeah. All I knew was, my friend said, hey, he needs prayer now for his foot. Do you mind blowing the shofar into his foot? I said, no. Didn't know he had gangrene. Okay? So I stick my horn real quick into his shoe and I just sound my trumpet and then we all walk out of the church. My friend says, do you know what was wrong with his foot? I said, no. And he says, he has gangrene. I had no clue. Well, I hear just within the week that he was to go in and have his foot taken off. Yeah. When he went to the doctor, his foot was totally whole. They could not find any gangrene. Oh, it was, yeah. it was yeah. out of the bone. In fact, they could not even find the scars from the previous surgeries. Yes, it was just pink. And it, God with, removed the scars. Yeah, it was just wow, pink. Let me see this woman. Listen here. Sorry, guys. I know. I say a lot in a little time because you should hear the No, it's not, that, it's not that. It's not that. vision that he has with the president. I ask you, Lord, to let that come to pass. In Jesus' name. Lord, let him meet the president yes. and let him uh, do this thing, even if he just goes and helps for a little bit with those other planes. Uh, just to be able to do that, Lord, would be an honor for him to serve his nation in that manner. So, Lord, we pray that you open the door for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, if y'all don't mind praying for We Are the Bride and then praying for America, uh, just the generic America, and then we'll get into individual prayers. Last call. Yes, and I, I would like to add that many things about the shofar, you've got to check the scriptures. They're all through the, the, the Bible, as I said before, because each of those things that they were used for then can be used today. The, this instrument has not changed. It's always been the breath and the voice, the word of God. Wow. And so when it sounded like Joshua did over Jericho, when Joshua blew this trumpet, it says in Joshua chapter 6, if you read that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. 
when he submitted to the Lord and they blew the trumpets of the Lord and as God commanded, Mm -hmm. shouted their shouts of thanksgiving to the Lord that they already had victory over the enemy, even though they hadn't even gotten that far yet. Just Mm -hmm. as we know in the New Testament, it tells us when we pray to ask him, you know, if you don't ask, how do you expect to receive? But when you ask, ask believing you've already received what you got. Yes, yes. And, and that's what you've got to speak to. I, I'm still learning this. I'm still re, I'm correcting everything I learned when I was young and all the things I was speaking, deadness instead of life. God's working on me too, moment yes. by moment sometimes, yes. to make sure I'm decreeing life and not death over yes. my life and over the ones around me as well. But the, the sounds, literally, when they blew that trumpet, it says that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. And today... They have found the walls of Jericho. I don't know if you knew this several no, years ago. Really. They found the walls of Jericho. They were not pushed in. Yeah. And it was a double-walled city with the poor people kind of on the inner wall, closest to the enemy, you know, on the outside if there was an attack. They were on that inner wall, and then the best were in the inside of the city. Well, that was huge, thick walls. I think they said 200 feet, if I recall. So they weren't pushed in. They weren't pulled out. They found archaeologically that the walls were shoved from some supernatural force from above straight down into the ground, and they found the slide marks in the clay to prove it. So God is proving his word in today's, you know, technologies and everything they're being able to to discover. But what I'm telling you this for is when you read that story in Joshua chapter 6, when they submitted, obeyed the Lord, blew his voice into the earth, that vibrational frequency and the breath of God in that, and those walls came down, it says that they went in and overtook the enemy. The enemy scattered. They overtook those enemies and the enemy who is the thief. Yes. Do we not have a thief, the enemy of our soul? Right. It says the thief must repay sevenfold plus all the wealth in his household. It, it, it says there that the enemy left behind great spoils. In other words, they were able, when they obeyed the Lord and submitted to him and did things his mm-hmm. way, they received the wealth of the wicked into their hands. There is a verse, if you recall, that says, that God says the wealth of the wicked is stored up, laid up for the righteous. Read the next verse. It says, at the time that he appoints to take and remove it from their hands. This is your year of jubilee, and I want to blow the shofar before we pray, because it is going to call these things forth in its sounds. And I'm telling you, walls are going to fall down. You know, there's so much. If you read the scriptures, it says when you sound this instrument, the shofar, when you sound this instrument, that you read some of Zephaniah and Nehemiah, you're going to find out that this causes God. Numbers chapter 10. Also, this causes God to remember us in our times of battle. And he himself sounds the trumpet over us and defends us from our enemies. So we need to cause him to remember us. This is what they did in the Old Testament, Old Testament when they blew the shofar in, in the days of the Bible. Um, you know, I asked a rabbi not long ago, why do they not blow the shofar? Numbers 10 says to blow it on your Sabbaths, blow it on your feast days, blow it on your glad days, your sad days, at the full moons, the new moons, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I said to this rabbi, he was probably 80-some, 90 years old, um, 
And I said, why don't they sound it on their Sabbaths today? Because, you know, they don't work on the Sabbath. They don't lift things on the Sabbath. That's why they don't lift the shofar anymore. He said, well, they used to. It's only been a few hundred years since they did that, but it's men's traditions and doctrines of men that has stopped it. Do you know it was the same in the Christian church? When Constantine came in, he said anyone that does any of these Jewish things is to be killed, and they stopped celebrating the feasts in the Christian church. They stopped sounding the shofar on those days. So now we are seeing it has to come back. It has, this is the literal voice of God, his breath, and it has to come back. And there are four main calls that the Jews remember. And the first one, Tekiah, is a, a call that calls us all to come together and to worship the Lord. The second call is a call that causes our heart to mourn, to cry over our sin and to get right with God. The third call, and we stand in the gap for our loved ones when we do do these calls, Mm -hmm. not just you when we sound this horn, but it's for everything in your life, in your situation, in your family, in their lives. The third call is a call like Joshua blew. And Gideon, you read uh, Judges chapter 7, Gideon, and you find out when he submitted and obeyed the Lord and blew the trumpets over the, the encampment of the enemy below them, it says that it caused the enemy to flee into confusion and they killed themselves off and they too left behind great spoils. If your heart is right with the Lord, which I've also gone and asked the Lord, I'm sorry and I renounce anything, Heavenly Father. I call him Yahweh because he says there's power in his name and his Hebrew names. Just remember Yahweh, Yeshua, and the Holy Spirit is Ruach Kadosh. And if you just call him out by name, Yeshua Jesus, include that Hebrew name. But, But there's power in his name. When you call his name over a situation and his word and his voice. I'm telling you things happen and decree those scriptures, decree the word. I'm going to sound the shofar and and I'm going to let you hold it. There's so much I could say and I'm having to stop guys because we could go on and on all night. Can I interject something? Why sure? (laughs) Because I think this, you're going to find this a blessing. If the walls of Jericho, and this is why I'm so excited that God let my shofar blow in Jericho. You'll wow. see that you'll see something in a minute. If the walls had have fallen toward the army of God, they would have had not been able to get their their horses and their selves over into the land because of all of the the wow, mounds right. the mounds of stone that would have piled up and how wide it would have been yes. and so what does that tell us spiritually when god brings the walls down flat the obstacles are removed yeah. <laughs> Amen. that is profound and i'll just say that that sound when the walls come down what happened when they came down? They were able to go into the best God had, the promised land, the best of the milk and honey. And when we sound the shofar, I am telling you, it will tear down walls yeah. in your lives, in your loved ones' lives, literally. I mean, we have enough faith here to believe yeah. for you if you don't, but just use your mustard seed faith and believe for it. And if you see the enemy raise his ugly head, Okay, if you see him raise his ugly head in the next few weeks or, or next month, you know when you pray, you see the enemy try to attack mm-hmm. after you pray or when you read the scripture out loud, he tries to attack. You just got to gotta tell him where to go and immediately start praising and thanking the Lord and just giving God glory and giving him awesome exaltations because this is what chases the enemy away and use yes. the scripture to do it too right. and, um, and whenever you can. And, and I'm telling you, when these walls get torn down, 
it causes that enemy to go into the confusion. He, set, he kills himself off, and you get to go in and possess those things that were being held up. That's why the shofar needs to be in every family and in every church. And I teach people how to sound the shofar. It's very simple. You've got to know how to find the right shofar. It's got to have a tiny hole. Some of them have holes too big in the, in the arm. You've got to know what to look for. And I teach it for free. I literally do. And I even have a teaching I, I can send out. We don't have a secretary yet, so I don't know if we can send it yet. But we have a teaching that's free that we send out so that you know what to look for in the shofar. It's got to be able to get several notes, at least three. There's a bass note in every horn most people don't know about. And you've got to know what the different sounds are. That tekiah, call, come to worship, that that shavarim, uh, which is that crying and mourning over our sin. And then the next one is that Joshua call. It's nine short notes. It's an alarm call. It's literally that call. I heard it. you do that one. Oh. And we're going to do it. You watch. And then I the... That video, my goodness. And and that's the trua. And then the tekiah gadola, which is the longest note you can possibly hold. It's just like the first one, but it's the longest note you can possibly hold. And you get louder and louder as you go and blow it out at the end. And that is thankfulness to the Lord for giving us salvation through Yeshua Jesus, that redemption and for victory over the evil one and his forces. Well, I just want to say... I've got a revelation going on here. When you're saying that all them sounds have different meanings. Mm-hmm. And there's far more than that. I interviewed this lady the other day and said that she was playing on the piano and she was playing all this unusual stuff, you know, prophetically. Mm-hmm. And when she finished, she's like, Lord, what was I doing? And he said, you were playing your life story. Whoa, that's awesome. But as see how the sound and I, that was a lot in those conferences too, is that this new sound, there's yes. a new sound coming for you all have new sounds. Yes, you do. You may not know it, but you have sounds, you know, um, I can tell you the sound of the shofar, that shout, that that whatever call you call out. One day I was in the service getting ready to blow the shofar and the pastor started with her voice shouting out before the Lord just sounds like moans, but they were in the sounds of my shofar. And I'm thinking, wow, that's her shofar. And then the Lord gave me the scripture, Isaiah 58, verse 1. Shout, cry aloud, shout aloud, don't hold back. Use your voice like a trumpet. And you read on and it talks about the sin to tell Jacob his sin, Israel his sin. So you're supposed to use your voice, but the best way to do it is no weapon forged against you shall prosper in the name of Yeshua Jesus. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you and your family in the name of Yeshua Jesus. Let me blow the shofar and then we'll make those decrees and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. I'm going to use the biblical trumpet the ram's horn they're all different these are kosher horns we have all kinds but uh this is the one like you would have heard joshua now this is a new horn i'm going to do my best hallelujah sound some other sounds remember when joshua blew that horn 
God commanded the Israelites to shout their shouts of thank you. And when I get finished, at least when I get finished, you should start shouting your shouts of thank you to the Lord for giving you the victory in yes, every Lord. area of your Amen. life and your loved one's life in the name yes. of Yeshua Jesus. And then I'm going to make about a minute of decrees over your lives. And then we're going to pray for people. So I'm telling you, get ready because things are going to happen. And you remember, tell the enemy where to go and immediately start praising the Lord if he even tries to raise his head yes. in your families. We've seen people come out of prison, inoperable brain cancer healed, people on their deathbed dying. My husband's father was on his deathbed dying, uh, a vile man, a, a good heart in some ways, couldn't understand why the Holocaust happened, which was amazing to hear out of his mouth when I hear all these other vile things all the time, into pornography, all kinds of stuff. I talked to him in his coma on his deathbed. He had a day to live. When I spoke into him, I said, just ask God if he's real. You're going to hell if you don't get your heart right with him, but he loves you and he'll forgive everything you've ever done. Just go to him and tell him you're sorry. And I gave him kind of a guide of a prayer, knowing he was in a coma, but I believed he could hear me. And I said, just pray this prayer. And I prayed a prayer and I believed and told him, just pray it up to God himself. And, um, then when he got done, I said, now, Papa, I'm going to pray for you that God's going to give you a little more time on this earth. The doctors had already said, say your goodbyes. His organs were past the point. They were shutting down. They were past wow. the point of return. And he literally, uh, you know, after I got done, I got up, gave mm -hmm. him a hug and a kiss, told him I loved him, and I left. And the next morning, they call us, and they tell, him, tell us that um, our Papa is sitting up in bed. And he's speaking. He's not able to speak because they had used tubes for too long. But he's he's giving directions. Get my glasses. Get the newspaper. He's reading mm. the newspaper. Sitting up in Praise bed. God. He was still paralyzed from brain injury. And and yet here he is, 86 years old. But the look on his face used to be a scowl and wrinkles. Was now baby soft skin, not a single wrinkle. And his countenance was totally different. And where he used to beat on his wow. son, even as an adult, this little pipsqueak of a guy, he used to beat on his son. Now he was, instead of smacking people, he was touching them real gently. And, mm. and he was letting us hold his hand. He never did that before. And, and there was such a change. And I said, Papa, tell me, did you give your life to the Lord? And Aww. he did. He gave his life to the Lord. So it's never too late for a miracle. Don't worry about your family because we're going to make some decrees over them. And you just stand believing. You know, when you, when you pray, you've got to stand believing. And you've got to pray and, and in that stance. Whether they look like they're going to hell or not, you stand and you decree things over. You decree, that's a mighty, my son is a mighty young man after God's yes. own heart in the name of yes, Yeshua Lord. Jesus. You've got to decree those things and use the scripture when you do. So Amen. I'm going to give you a couple more sounds because we want revelation to come. We want to be able to pray for you words God's giving us and get ready. That's all I can say, get ready. I'm going to switch horns in a minute. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You can say a shout right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's use this one. I'm going to try the doubles. I don't have my other double here because we had to travel on a plane. I can't bring everything. Hey, the only thing I want to say real quick is yes. that it's almost midnight. Oh, can you guys hang on? What? It's. No, what I mean is these apartments. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's be and quick. <laughs> yeah, so let's be quick. Okay, here we go, guys. Double. Bride, look, can you believe that one out of each side of her mouth? That is amazing. And those weren't even the two I normally play together. That was a brand new try, so thank you. Bride, for one thing, you've got to watch this video that I watched of her doing this in the, in the longer form. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. We've, we've, we had a pastor that we couldn't get to the church because I'm only here and I can't be everywhere in the world. And our ministry does go outside of the country sometimes, but we're mainly in the country. And this one pastor took that recording that you heard yeah, and laid it. His pastor, uh, a lady pastor, was limping so bad in so much pain, El- older lady. She had foot surgery, but it never healed properly. So yeah. she had a continual limp, and this other pastor brought the sound clip wow. and prayed with her and played the sound clip. Yeah. And the next time she walked in the service, she walked in there totally whole, and her congregation said, you're walking totally normal. God had healed her. That was minutes after she heard it. Minutes later, yeah. So you guys. Jesus did a miracle for her. Yeah, Yeah. it's on our our Facebook page, and and it's... uh, king's inheritance or the king's inheritance they didn't quite get it right on facebook so it might come up under either but you look it up you'll see our bio on there which is got some things about our uh, ugly lives but in the past (laughs) well before we pray as well can you tell them about the banner yeah that's another thing if you are not raising a banner like the lord is over you you need to get a banner i don't care if you make a handkerchief and staple it to a stick raise a banner over you and your family okay um, it, it can be a piece of color, uh, uh, a pretty material. This one, as you can see, can you guys hold the edge there? This is one of my favorites. That's Pick it right up. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. It's backwards to the camera. Is it backwards? Though. Okay. Oh. Oh, oh, yes, it's correct. No, it looks correct in the camera. I don't know. Ah, we did it right. Yeah. Okay, so we can do it. We can do it backwards too. Oh, no, we, we can do it, it both ways. Right. Right. Yeah. It was right. Yeah. It was correct that so, way. Okay. So, anyways, so you, banners, flags, streamers, these are all things that God mm-hmm. is using in worship to Him. When you sound the shofar, you aren't sounding it over that person really. You're you're sending it up to the Lord as worship, and oh. He brings these things down to you. That's really what you're doing when you say, "I'm sounding it over you and your family." You're literally as a person who sounds the shofar, some call it shofarim, shofar bar, shofar, uh, shofar bat. Um, but when you do that over a person, you're literally in your heart and your mind, you're just sending it up to the Lord as worship. And when we worship him, when his presence comes, then comes his power. And then you see the healing, you see the deliverance, you see the breakthroughs in so many areas. And I'm telling well, you. Well, I'm having another uh, revelation. Yes. About- about your 
the sound that we're talking about, you know, the frequency of the shofar and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that over a person, when you were saying how you was connecting to heaven, when you're doing that, it's basically breaking the sound barrier of the lies of the enemy over people because what they're doing is they're believing this frequency of the devil these lies and then when you do that it it just kind of takes dominion it takes the authority in the atmosphere and it's cutting you know is what i'm seeing and i've i received a word you know how you can sometimes pray and the lord will give you a word to yourself and Steve and I was uh, praying together, and the Lord gave me an unusual word. He says, there are sounds. My people have sounds. Now, I can't remember that. It wasn't very long, about half a page. Yeah. And I'd like, I'm going to look that up and send it to you. Because the Lord, well, this is like converse, com, converse, confirmation. Thank you. <laughs> but that was an unusual word that. I thought, well, that's interesting, Lord. It was one of those things right on yeah. the spot. And um, I guess you just have to hear the whole word to appreciate yeah. it. But I, it's ministering to me as y'all share. Right, right. Yeah. I'd like to do one more sound low. Okay. It's a low sound. But this is the sound we see. A lot of people get healed. I'm sure any of the sounds are going to work. All right, all of you needing the healing, put your hand out and be ready to receive. Come on now. Amen. I don't do this sitting down, so this is we're doing this for the camera's sake. But I'm standing in honor to God, and Um, and so just know that I'm bowing before Him as well. But as you hear this sound, close your eyes, let it go in the deepest places in you. I'm not sure how well you'll pick it up, but you try this and just surrender to the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to give you some decrees. I'm going to make one last sound after that and give you some decrees. And then when that stops, you shout your shouts of thank you to the Lord. Hallelujah. decree over each of you and all your loved ones and all that are here and all the ministry that God has called you into whether you have a name for it or you don't let the Lord give you the name because each of you do have a ministry with a name but I say right now the mantle of anointing increases over your lives this day in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, our Messiah, by our precious Heavenly Father Yahweh and I say by His precious Holy Spirit Ruach Kadosha, come, come like never before into our lives. We, we surrender to you, Lord. We need you. Yes, 
We are sorry and renounce all sin and iniquity and transgressions and debts. And we just surrender our lives again this day. And we ask for the new sounds, the new things that are in each of us, the new sounds you put in us, whether we can sound a trumpet or just say a whisper, Lord. And you know, Lord, there are people who can't even talk that are yet to be healed, but they love you. And even in their head, they sing their songs up to you in praise and adoration and worship. And so we just come before you saying, you are great. You said in the Psalms, oh, if men would only say, I am great and awesome, and I do wonderful things for the children of men. So we say, you are great and awesome, and you do wonderful things for us, the children of men. And now by the power and authority given me in Yeshua HaMashiach, by the blood of the Lamb, and under the tribe of Judah and Joseph, I decree over you all this day, that mantle of anointing, anointing increases greatly in every way in your lives, in the name of Yeshua Jesus by his precious blood he shed for you I decree signs wonders miracles healings blessings giftings provision and even the wealth of the wicked at the time God removes it from their hands which is now is the time coming very soon that you're going to see this take place your year of jubilee comes forth and this takes place now by the blood of the lamb in the name of Yeshua I say no death no disease no destruction no deception nor any other weapon forged against you or your loved ones shall prosper in the name of Yeshua Jesus by his precious blood. I decree instead Chaim life, wholeness, balance, and shalom peace to every cell and function of your bodies, to your minds, your souls, your spirits, your lives, your marriages, your family, your relationships, the ministry he's called you to, to your finances, and to every other area of your life, your dreams and visions, and what God's future is for you. I decree that Chaim life, Chaim life, Chaim life over you in the name of Yeshua by his precious blood. I decree over you no weapon forged against you shall prosper or over your loved ones in the name of Yeshua Jesus. The the gates of hell shall not prevail over you in the name of Yeshua Jesus. I decree every one of your family members is going to be saved. That includes in-laws and outlaws, those that are divorced from the family. I decree they will be saved and set free and set on fire for the Lord and his kingdom purposes, filled with his Holy Spirit, serving him in his walking in his glory realm for his glory and not their own as we desire for ourselves to seated someday at the marriage supper of the lambs lamb as overcomers in the name of Yeshua Jesus by his precious blood and now I encourage you you make those scriptural decrees for he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world and he that's in you is Yeshua Jesus you make those decrees over your own family standing in faith you know We're taught that to to press in and beg like that woman begged the neighbor for a loaf of bread. But you don't have to beg God. You state, you ask, you let your need be known before the Lord. And then you stand in faith, thanking him as if he's already done it in your life. It doesn't mean he won't draw you to pray for certain things around that situation. But you stand for every prayer you do. And you stand in faith, believing him for that and for the victory in that in the name of Yeshua Jesus. I say some of you have loved ones in prison wrongfully. I say they come out now by the blood of the Lamb, Yeshua Jesus. I say they get set free now by the blood of the Lamb. Even now, we ask you. The Lord told us one day, ask me to send my angels. And I said, and he said, welcome them by name. He was telling my husband. And, and I, I said, what are their names, Lord? Because all I knew was Gabriel. He said, wisdom, 
knowledge, understanding, discernment, discretion, intercession, evangelism, provision, wealth of the wicked, protection, hidden treasures and secret places, all, everything you can think of has a name, conviction. You know, everything you can think of that has a name is an angel that can bring that. So welcome them after you ask the angels. Yeah, I was like amazed. And so they stand ready to minister. minister. If you need guidance from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, invite him into your life. But the angels bring direction too. look at Mary and Joseph. Okay, so, uh, you know, stand believing these things that we're talking to you about and know that the Lord is about to bring supernatural suddenlies. I decree it into your lives and ours as well. There's going to be things you just couldn't even imagine. You Check your bank accounts. Look in your pillowcase. See what money he's leaving for you. He may have gifts. He's going to cause men to give into your bosom. I decree it right now. He says that. I say he's given you favor and he is causing men to favor you. He's already decreed it over your life. I'm just establishing it on earth, which you're to do with your own mouth as well, but we're helping you right now. And so stand, believe God for these things right now in your own lives. And um, there's so much more I could tell you. There's things about the shofar you need to know. I'm going to teach you one real quick lesson. When you blow the shofar, when you get one, you need to know it's got to have a tiny hole going through the arm. And it's got to be easy to blow for you. If it's not, and you might have to tilt it up or down or sideways or this way or this way. These little ram horns have a football-shaped mouth, the same as your mouth. That's how it goes up against you. The, that is funny. The wider your lips, the wider your lips, you have to put a little bit more on the inside of the lip. Keep a tiny hole. Relax. Keep a little bit of a smile when you're blowing it. And just spit into the horn, okay? I, I, the kids that are listening to this later... I know you're not supposed to spit, but in this case, you're allowed to spit. Just don't leave the goober behind, okay? Okay, so here, here we go. It's, it's just a buzz, like a bee. It's just spitting. Deep breath into your belly, not your lungs. Take a deep breath into your belly as deep as you can and start your tongue. When you get better and better, you won't even have to buzz your lips. You'll just keep the hole tiny, and you'll be able to figure it out. But wow. you do it on the outside of the lips. Unless your lips are kind of thick, then you do it a little bit more on the inside wet part of the lips, and you don't want to be too sloppy wet on that, okay? A little bit dry, but a little bit moist, so it sticks to your lips. You want to find a shofar that does not have sharp edges around this, and it has to be a thick mouthpiece, not a thin one on one side, which will cut your lip after a few blows. So you have to be careful about that. you got to make sure that this shofar, the ram's horns, when you blow them, they cannot face you. If this bell, this is called the bell, this is called the arm, this is the mouthpiece. If the bell faces you, some of the smaller ones, the bell faces you, you will not be able to blow for very long because it'll hurt your ears like crazy on the very first sound. So you have to know not to blow that, get a shofar like that. And they sell a lot of really short ones, the best. They measure them along the main pointed groove line. That's how they measure a shofar. So if it says 14 inches, you got to measure from the mouthpiece down, and that's the 14 inches. And you want at least 14 inches because the, the smaller, you can occasionally get a good one smaller than that. I don't think God cares how long it is, but the the bigger they are, usually the better the sound. Some will have lower notes, some will have higher notes. The best way to get a ram's horn, the smaller one, is to get one where you can go right up and slide up the notes like this. You want to be able to go right up in that scale like that. When you're getting a Yemenite or a kudu horn, you'll find a lot of them sometimes have double holes inside. I want to touch this. Sure. This is my old one. I have to oil it just to make it shiny, but honey, you want to hold up this one? 
the uh, Gemsbach is a black straight gazelle horn. I also have one of those. And I still, these here. are real ram's horns. That is not a ram's horn. That is not. No, ram's horn is a goat or sheep. Yeah. Okay. And I was saying, how in the world do they hold these things on their head? Well, the other way. You, 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 oh, that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Here we go, like, like yeah. this, like this. There would be two on, yeah, on the head. Oh, antelope. that's right. This is a kudu. Antelope. You go to the zoo, you'll see kudu. Go on the internet. You'll see kudu antelope. We have okay. one that's 48 inches long. It's the longest one I could find. Fifth, yeah, I think. I think No, it's 52. That one is 48. But um, they're hard to find long. But you can't, you can't just pick up any horn. You've got to test it out. A lot of the horns, <coughs> I went to um, two famous chauffeurines. Yeah. Nothing against, well, three actually. Nothing against them. And I've gone to several Judaicas. The first Judaica I ever went, a Jewish store that sells shofars. Yeah. They had just gotten a shipment of 1,000 shofars. I went through every shofar. Wow. 600 kudus, 400 mm. rams. I found 10 ram's horns that were worthy of selling. I found mm. maybe... 12, 12 out of 600 kudus, these, that were worthy of selling. Worthy wow. of selling. The rest had to be worked on to perfect, which I do know how to do that now to some degree. I don't have all the materials to glue. If you have to have some glue, sometimes epoxy. I don't like to add anything wow. or take away from the horn. The most I do is, I'm sorry, thank you. Yeah, the most I do is I engrave maybe your initials on the inside of your horn. Um, and that's the most I'll do to take anything away from the horn or a little design for you um, to do that. I work the horns. I do this all for free right now. I'm caregiving a father and a brother who's had some miracles, and those are some amazing stories. But I don't have a lot of time to do it, but I can direct you, and I can t direct you what to look for. And I'm telling you... Um, like I said, I handpick every horn. I, the Lord has also shown me that the gift that he's given me, I'm to anoint people to sound the shofar and to literally commission them like you're being knighted by oh, a sword please commission me tonight. And, and to anoint you with oil. And I even do this. <laughs> and I even, I even do this. I've, my, my honey's moving out of the picture. Here we go. And I even do this over the phone because I can't get to everybody and I'll commission people and they'll commission people in their church. Wow. So if this needs to be done over the phone, you'll take some anointing oil for me. And as I anoint you with oil over the phone, you'll be anointing them. And I'm going to take my shofar and I'm going to do that. Even maybe a surrogate person to do that for you, but um, over you. But um, I'm telling you, there's things God's doing. And, and I just anointed a little child who was uh, three years old, I think he was. Yeah. He, we walked into this church, and he had his own little shofar, and he was, it was a little kudu, and he was going around the church and just blowing it as the pastor preached. And it was a Spanish church. We don't know Spanish, so we had no clue what was going on. But this little boy was walking around the church blowing it, and I felt the Lord directing me to train him a little. And so as the pastor would go and pray for someone, I directed the little boy to go over and blow and it was a low note, so it wasn't disturbing. And this little boy was anointed, and it was just like he knew what to do. He went up on the platform and blew over the musicians. And then, you know, it was so awesome to see that. And so well, we, we have got to get on with that. Okay, here we go. People have to go to work tomorrow. Yes, I'm so sorry, guys. But you're, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I decree over the, you that your sleep is going to be awesome tonight. You're going to have dreams and visions from the Lord and the interpretation of them. And even if all you have is one or two hours sometimes, I say it's like 14 hours of wonderful sleep. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, you're going to wake up refreshed, restored, and revived and revigorated. Don't doubt it. 
just believe it and thank the Lord for it in the name of Yeshua Jesus. All right, I want him to pray. All right, honey, you want to say some prayers here? Just pray, and then if the Lord gives you something oh, specific. Yeah. And then we're going to get into your individual prayers. Well, Post your prayers. Say a prayer in general, and then we're going we're gonna to start praying for people. Okay, Jesus, I pray for your healing touch, just to yeah. touch all this listening audience tonight. We yeah. thank you that you paid the price that you bore all the sickness, disease, and infirmity in your body so that we would not have to carry it in our body. We thank you that you lifted the burden for us. We thank you that by your precious stripes we are healed. We thank you for the promise wherever two or more agree on anything concerning your will that it's already done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you for the promise that if we say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, that that thing has to move in the name of Jesus. So we say to all these mountains of sickness, disease, and infirmity, go in the name of Jesus. Go. We say that you are, if you are in any saint's body, you are trespassing. You have no legal right there. We evict you in the name of Jesus and say, leave. You cannot stay. We resist you. We We thank you, God, that when we resist the enemy, that he must flee. We thank you, God, for your promise that you wish above all things that our bodies would be in good health, even as our soul prospers. We just thank you for your beautiful promises for the word of God. Just teach us all how to stand on your word and claim what is rightfully ours, yes. that you paid such a dear price for so that we could be whole in body, soul, and spirit. Yes, we pray this in Jesus' name. And I, and I got a word of knowledge that there's a woman out there, your first name is Jennifer, and you are suffering from colon cancer. And I believe that God is healing you tonight. Yes, he is. Again, the first name is Jennifer, and it's colon cancer. So if if there is someone out there listening with that name, and that is your ailment, you can take it to the bank. God is touching your body and healing you. I hear God saying that the chemo is not going to be needed anymore. Thank it's a you. done deal. Amen. 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 That situation is you. Please respond. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. yes. Hallelujah. Or if it's someone you, that you know that you love, that's that's their Amen. name and that's what they have. You know, yes. type it in so we know. Amen. Okay, now it's personal prayer time. So 